Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V, Toys, and Ford. Dan Casper here, as always. Appreciate you uh, checking us out on the Man Cave Podcast. Coming up here uh, a little bit later on in the in the podcast, uh, we're going to be chatting with our good buddy Joe Grabowski, owner of Cabin Coffee, former UW Wisconsin Badger offensive lineman. Uh, Joe, just a little bit of a background, he's, he's gone through some major injuries uh, throughout his career, knee injuries and such, and, and I kind of wanted to get his perspective, you know, with the, all the talk about like David Bakhtiari and the knee injury that he's going through, and, and just talk to Joe how, you know, how he went through it from his personal experience, like from, from the mental side of things, and just, you know, because I've got to imagine for, for a guy like, like David Bakhtiari, it's just got to be mentally draining, it's got to be frustrating and that, and and I kind of wanted to talk to a guy who, you know, went through some major injuries, career-ending injury, and just kind of the mindset and what he was going through mentally. So, as always, it's a it's a fantastic conversation whenever we have uh, Joe on the podcast. So that's coming up. But of course, trying to do you know, not every episode we lead off with a little first things first, but we try to. So first things first. I want to talk a little baseball here quickly. Brewers. I might have a couple first things first year but brewers okay so they're in the postseason they're gonna win the division but it seems like it's kind of quiet in, in terms of excitement and I, i'm just kind of curious to know how excited are brewers fans about the upcoming postseason because again this is going to be the fifth time the fifth time in the last six years that the brewers are, are going to be in the postseason before 2018 you can count it on one hand, four total times. And that includes 11 in 2008. So pre-2008, from their existence, it was twice. It was bad. When I was a kid growing up in the 90s, it was bad. We never thought about playoffs when it came to the Brewers. It just wasn't a thing. And then it changed in the 2000s. 2008, I was in college. We were pumped, excited to see the Brewers get to the postseason on the on the arm and the back of C.C. Sabathia, and we were just pretty much just happy to, to be there, let's be honest, right? We were just happy to be there, and it felt like the team, too, uh, was was kind of just happy uh, to, to be there. 2011, it felt like one-year one, one year shot. It was Prince Fielder's final year there. We kind of knew that he wasn't going to sign up, so they make the trade for Zach Greinke, Sean Markham. They fall uh, short in the NLCS against the Cardinals. Then... This run with David Stearns so started off with with uh, with Craig Council, then David Stearns. David Stearns is going to be going to the Mets now, but Craig Council's kind of been the common theme here. So they're back. They missed it last year, but uh, five of the past six. And you know, from from a national sense, you you read the the articles, the blogs on MLB.com, ESPN, listen to other podcasts. You, you're hearing from national baseball peeps like, hey. This this Brewers team is a team that probably nobody wants to wants to go up against in the postseason. Watch out for the Brewers; they they can make a run. And I think we all know the big reason why a lot of people, you know, outside of, of Brewers Nation, feel like they could make that run. And that's because of the pitching, starting pitching especially. You know, you got Corbin, you got uh, Freddie, you got Brandon, you got Wade Miley as your fourth, your bullpen back end, Devin Williams. It's just. I think where a lot of Brewers fans are maybe a little skeptical about a run is 
the hitting, the offense, the inconsistency of the offense. And I think that's what's got a lot of Brewers fans maybe a little pessimistic and maybe not necessarily buying into or or all geeked up about this, this postseason. And I don't want to say that they're not happy or they're not excited, but I think the enthusiasm level for the Brewers and in the postseasons Maybe not as high as it used to be, and and it could be a couple other factors. Hey, we we've been here before already. All right, now we're getting used to it. You know, five of the last six years, we are getting used to this thing. But I also think expectations have changed. It's not like two thousand eight. It's not like before where you were just pumped up, excited to get to the postseason. Goals have changed. Expectations have changed. It's all right. We're there again. Now let's win when we're in there. Because you go back to 2018, that's the last time the Brewers won a postseason series. They swept the Rockies, took Dodgers to seven, but that's the last one. And I think, you know, maybe for some fans, it's like, great, got there again, awesome. Don't want to take it for granted, but the expectations have changed a little bit. The goals have changed here a little bit, and show us you can make a run in the postseason. And that's not a bad thing to ask for that. That means you have high goals. That means you have high expectations that that you won a championship. It's not bad. But I also don't want to take this for granted, too, because it wasn't that long ago where the Brewers stunk, and it was just kind of a laughing thought for them to even make the postseason. So I don't want to take it for granted that they're in it again. But I also completely understand, and I'm of the same mindset, too. It's like, all right, now let's we're in again. But let's let's make some noise in the playoffs, right? Let's make some noise. Let's make a make a little run. And I think, you know, you factor into that just how flipping good the, the the Braves have been all year. You still got the Dodgers up there. Those offenses are great, and I think that kind of tempers down maybe some of the excitement uh, amongst Brewers fans. But I'm I'm here to plea with you, Brewers fans. Okay, we're back in. We're gonna win the division. We're gonna be the three seed. Let's jump on the bandwagon here and let's give this team some momentum and let's ride it through the postseason. Get in, see what happens. Maybe they can beat the Dodgers. If they get by the wild card, don't want to look too far ahead. Win the wild card, get to the Dodgers. I think they got a shot. That pitching staff, if they're cruising, they're humming, I think the offense can do just enough to beat them. Then it's going to set up for quite the showdown between the Braves. It's going to be tough. But I feel like if the if the Brewers can get to the World Series here, I like their chances, man. I I really do. I don't like it. So I feel like at times, for, from a national sense, Brewers might be getting a little bit more love for, from the national people than uh, than their own fans. You know, it's 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 the old age old thing where you know fans get uh, get annoyed or or upset. When national media outlets don't give their teams any coverage or enough coverage, and now it seems like they're they're doing it. You know, they're saying, "Hey, watch out for the Brewers; they could be a sneaky team." And then it's like that's not really getting fans pumped up, that excited. I'm excited. It really hit me. I think last week, like, "Oh yeah, here we go." And it's a 162-game season. I think at this point, you know, we know they're going to the postseason. We know they're going to win their division. I think, too, a lot of people just want to be like, all right, let's wrap this up and let's get to the postseason. So that's – I just kind of wanted to talk a little baseball there uh, to, to open up things, too. And and I think a topic that 
I'm going to save. I, I thought about doing this on this episode. But I, I'm going to wait a couple more weeks here. And I think I might do this during the bye for, for the Packers bye week. But, you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about Jordan Love, the, the younger players, and, and, and the excitement there. But I really want to kind of talk about what have you seen or, or your analysis, your thoughts, your commentary on, on the performance of, of Matt LaFleur so far this year. And I think I'm going to save that for the bye week because we got Detroit coming up here in a couple days, uh, then Las Vegas right after that, then, then the bye. And that's kind of the first quarter of the season. But I felt like Matt LaFleur was such a key figure to, to come into this season. And, you know, you, you look at the offensive play callers across the league, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, two of the best, Sean McVay, you know, we know what he's done. Matt LaFleur is from the same tree. He grew up with those guys. He worked with those guys. Yet you don't hear Matt LaFleur's name mentioned with those guys. And I think a lot of those t- a lot of those first years, it was, well, he had Aaron Rodgers, right? He had Aaron Rodgers. And this is the first year he's doing it without Aaron Rodgers. And that's why you kept hearing about, it's finally going to see a Matt LaFleur offense. Well, we got a couple games in. That's why I think I want to wait a little bit. But I want to I want to talk about the early returns on what you are seeing from Matt LaFleur because I also feel from from a competitor standpoint, if you're Matt LaFleur, you want to embrace that challenge like, okay, I don't have Aaron Rodgers. I'm tired of hearing about, you know, well, it's not a Matt LaFleur offense. I'm going to show you that I'm a, one of the a good play caller. I'm a good head coach. But I'm going to save that one. I was going to kind of dabble into that on on this episode, but I'm going to save that. So Without further ado, though, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then coming up, we'll bring Joe in. But really want to get his insight on kind of the you know a guy like David Bakhtiari who's going through some knee issues. It's got to be such a, a mental hurdle to not really know when it's going to act up, when you can't play. And Joe's gone through that uh, when he played for for the Badgers, and he suffered some some bad injuries too. So, and and Joe's always a fantastic conversation. So we'll we'll bring Joe in. Quick break. Then we'll talk some football with Joe. Get ready to rev up your driving experience at Toys and Ford, your ultimate destination for top-notch vehicles and exceptional service. Whether you're in the market for a sleek new car, a rugged truck, or a versatile SUV, Toys and Ford has the ride that suits your style and needs. Toys and Ford's commitment to quality and customer satisfaction is unmatched. Experience the thrill of driving a Ford, backed by their dedicated team's expertise. Don't miss out on the best in automotive excellence. Visit Toys and Ford today or explore the their inventory at toysandford.com. Hey there, smart shoppers. Get ready to experience the ultimate grocery adventure at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. From fresh produce to gourmet delights, Hy-Vee is your go-to destination for quality and variety. Explore their aisles brimming with everything you need. Whether it's a family feast or a quick snack, they've got you covered. Every aisle is an adventure in good taste. And if you need a cold beverage afterwards, stop by the bar at Wahlburgers to quench that thirst. Shop smart, shop happy, shop Hy-Vee. Elevate your shopping game at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire today. Our good buddy Joe from Cabin Coffee uh, joining us here this morning. Already starting to wrap up the month of September, believe it or not. Next week's already October, so just feels like yesterday we were like Labor Day and football, college football starting, and good golly, Molly, it's already going to be October. So it's like you blink and it's gone. He yeah. tried to cram so much stuff in the summer because it's such a short season, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you fill up your weekends and you fill up your week because you have things that you want to do and then yeah it's done mm-hmm. so. 
You know, one thing I, I wanted to kind of get your, your thoughts on this um, because you've mentioned a few times you've gone through a lot of injuries, knee injuries, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And um, so, like Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari, he tore his ACL a couple of years ago, and he's still dealing with that. He missed the game the other day, swelling, fluid building up in, in that knee. How you know, just from a mental perspective you know because he he talked about you know there were some people saying well is he not playing because it's on turf you know and, and mm-hmm. he's like no he's like i want to be out there you know and right. it, but like you've gone through injuries like that mm-hmm. how tough is it mentally you know when when you're maybe watching your team and you're not able to go out there or to even throughout the the recovery process and if it doesn't go as, as you planned you know initially to, to recover from that yeah um there's not a more sickening feeling than watching your uh, buddies that you play with and you live with out there battling and you're mm-hmm. sitting on the sideline. It's a sickening, helpless feeling. And it's, I don't, it's not one where, <laughs> I mean, it's it sucks. Yeah. Just to sit there and watch your friends go through it and you're sitting there on the sideline. Um, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that he's, uh, and again, I don't know the guy. Just from what I see, but I know the mentality of an offensive lineman. Right, I mean, you want to be in the mix, you want to be in the throws, you want to be in the trenches with your guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't imagine that if he could be out there, I feel he would be out there in full force. Right. Yeah, so, I feel like that. You know, from an athlete's perspective, you, obviously you're competitive and you want to be out there every single right. game. Even if you don't like the playing surface, you know that conspiracy mm-hmm. theory that was kind of running out there. It's a mindset that you want to be out there every single game. Absolutely. And then in the case of college football, it's super competitive. And I'm not saying NFL is not because it is. But uh, um, our quote was, you can't make the club in the tub. Mm. You, the guy behind yep. you wants your job. You may be friends and your teammates and you hang out and uh, everything's fine. But at the end of the day, he wants his opportunity and his shot. Mm-hmm. You know, So you don't want to give that up. I mean, if you if you earn the right for that spot and you've worked your tail off, but there's somebody waiting behind you that's as good of you as good as you or better than you, but you have that spot. Mm-hmm. So that spot is theirs for the taking. And the last thing you want to have happen is you lose your spot and you have a guy who's younger than you taking your spot and then permanently replaces you. Right. Uh, that that's more of a lonely feeling, I think, than anything. Mm-hmm. So. I just I wonder, you know, because this is something that he's been going through for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and you know, we don't know week in and week out whether whether he's going to play. Just kind of like how that's got to be messing with him mentally. I, I would have to imagine. You know, um, so I tore my ACL, my MCL, my medial, and meniscus, my lateral meniscus. And, oh uh, my goodness! Yeah, it was all at once or just separate? yeah, same play. Oh my goodness! Um, and that was uh, one that ended my career. Yeah. So, um. It took a while for me to trust walking on it, and that was um, that was twenty some years ago. It's still on the forefront of my mind. I'm, I, I mean, I, you are the last thing you want to do is do that again because that's a that's a career ender. You're done. Yeah. Okay. And you know he, you have to start to build the trust process back to your knee. And you can do the physical therapy, and you can do the rehab, and you can build the muscles up around everything, and that's exactly you know what you have to do. But you're, it's never one hundred percent. It's never the way it was before you got injured. Mm-hmm. You know, so if he's working through it, he, I, I can, he's going probably through whatever he possibly can. On the same token, yeah, this is his livelihood. Um, 
you the longevity of an NFL offensive lineman is not great. Right. You know, so uh yeah, it's uh I I can I can hear the sound of my of my knee popping Ooh, to this nice. day if I think about it hard enough and feel it. Like mm. yeah, it's one of those traumatic things. Mm. So um yeah, it's one of those injuries where you have to start to learn to trust the repair, trust your body, trust that you've done everything you possibly can to make it as strong as possible. Yeah, I'm interesting. You said you know the the trust factor, like to, you know to walk again too. Like when you said that injury, I thought of you know another player like Nick Chubb, the running back for the Browns, who had that. Yeah, I mean they're talking career ending yeah. knee injury this past um, week. And, you know, football's a violent sport, and I I saw that too. And uh, you know you the you think about someone like him who's dedicated his life to get where he is and to do the high school, to do the college, to make it to the NFL and all the, 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 the just incredible journey that he's gone through and pushed himself physically. And, and that is such a horrific event. Um, and not his fault. Right. Not that nothing he could have done to, um, Stop that from happening. That from yeah. happening. Um, but the long-lasting effects that, that it will be on his life because of it is, is significant. Mm-hmm. So it's a sport, but it's also when it's your love and your passion and you're unable to do that anymore and you lose your purpose, that's that's one of those uh, uh, life-shaking events right mm-hmm. there. So Because everybody wants to, I guess for a lack of a better way of saying it, go out on their own, right? Right. You, you, wanna, you don't want it dictated by an injury or anything like that you want to walk off into the sunset uh tip your helmet to the crowd be amongst your brothers and your friends on the field on the field and you get to hang it up when you say hey i can't do this anymore um uh, you know the injuries are are are, are stacking up uh the body is breaking down which happens in football um and you would want to go out that way and Mm -hmm. not go out right and it kind of goes by i know we've had this conversation before in the past but the the mindset to me like I got it's it would be hard for me uh, I'll be honest and you kind of mentioned it you know there's a guy looking to kind of take your job is it also hard to if you're that guy behind another guy to root for that guy when 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 there's a game you know if you're you're the backup because you want to play right you yeah. you want to be out on that field and and you're competing for the same thing like mm-hmm. I know for me it it I might hold a little bit of a there might be a little bit of a jealousy or a little bit of a grudge like God I. I can you fail a little bit so I can get in there? It's right. got it's that balance that's got to be tough at it times. It is, um, you know, and then you know that's not something. I mean, <clears throat> I had a guy, two guys that were going to the NFL ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I knew my role, I knew my place. I had to f- go through the the steps in order for me to put myself in that position. Mm-hmm. And never rooted for a guy to ever get hurt because, again, my friendship with those guys was more important than my desire to play. I knew my time would come. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and is that that's just my experience. You maybe you hate the guy ahead of you, <laughs> right? And you're trying to steal a spot. Different, different scenario, right? Are you rooting for that? Maybe, but uh, I, I never experienced that. I was rooting for the team because mm-hmm. again, the team before me. You know, yep. that was just always the mentality we had. I love what you said there too. I think it's you got to be comfortable with yourself, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where a lot of people maybe they're not obviously comfortable with. And and you hear that I think a lot too after guys retire and then it's always the whole debate of like who's better you know who had the better career mm-hmm. and you know some people uh, will fight tooth and nail about where their status is some are just like you know what 
I'm good with where I'm at. I'm right. comfortable with how I played, what I was able to accomplish, maybe my shortcomings or anything like that. It it all, I think, just comes down to you know, your, your level of your confidence in yourself and how comfortable you are with yourself. Yeah, I think, too, you go along, like, you know, after you're done playing, what, what how did you set yourself up for the future? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you embarking on a new business? Are you doing other things? Are you dedicating it to your family? Like, what are you doing? Um, and if you're still stuck in the mindset, like, um, you, you have to defend your position that I was the best, huh? I, I guess I, I was more grateful. Yeah, my career got cut short. It was not the plan. Mm-hmm. Was it the plan? That I mean, I, I had every aspirations of, of, uh, of playing Division One football and starting, you know, plans to go to the NFL. Absolutely. You know, you lose that. It, it, you identify as what you do. I identify as a football player. That's what I was. That's what I thought I was born to do. Um, and you lose your purpose in life. And but your purpose can't be defending how good if you're the greatest. I mean, that's just sounds exhausting to me mm-hmm. because there's always people who are always going to be better, stronger, faster. Um, and it's just it sounds exhausting. Yeah. Find a new purpose. Right, because that one's done, and that's what life is. Mm-hmm. You know, so absolutely. Yeah, I always love your perspective on stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I used to say <laughs> find your mission, you know, and the, you know, but that goes back to law enforcement. But you know, I think finding your purpose is probably a better, a better word. Right. So. Got to get those t-shirts made though. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. <laughs> you got mugs now made with yeah. your your picture. Oh, yeah, five I years, five, five year anniversary. Five year anniversary. Uh, one of our uh, regular customers designed the mug and put this. Uh, stunningly handsome gentleman on a, on a cup <laughs> in an emoji form so yeah five years it's uh it's been I, I don't i don't understand how the days can be so long but the years fly by if someone can never explain it to me i would appreciate to know that because it's been a mm-hmm. long journey right but it's been rewarding and uh i've met some really amazing people i have great employees like there's not a negative side um of doing this i mean it's stressful but mm-hmm. I don't know anything in life that's not. So. Right. How, you know, I, I look at you and, you know, you, you play Division One. I, I shouldn't say look at you. Getting to know you. Right. Uh, you played Division One football. You started your, your own business. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gonads, for lack of a better, you know, to, to do that. <laughs> like, I mean, what – can you tell me how you did you know, yeah. how you okay. that? So, so this is uh, – Please, uh, you give me too much credit. Um, I have an amazing wife um, who is driven and works harder than me and anybody that I know. So um, this this whole thing was my wife's endeavor. Um, they were doing a presentation in River Prairie about what was coming there before it was built up. And my wife was just kind of sitting in the peanut gallery, like watching and learning. And in her mind, she's like, Huh, I wonder where the coffee shop's going to be. That that was her first impression. So after the presentation, she walked up and talked to the city administrator and said, uh, "Hey, my name is Kelly and you know, I'm just kind of curious like where where's the coffee shop going to be?" And he kind of laughed. He's like, "I can't believe that nobody's jumped on this yet and put it in." And my wife, if you know her, says looks at him dead in the eye and says, "I'm going to put a I'm going to put a coffee shop in River Perry." And he kind of like laughed nervously, like I'm sure he's heard people say things like, "Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this." And my wife says, "No, I'm available next week Wednesday. When are you available?" 
Hmm. Um, so put it on the calendar. Um, and then when I came home and we eventually ran into each other at, at the house that evening, she's like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm like, what? She's like, we're going to put a, a coffee shop at River Prairie. I said, really? I'm going to put a brewery there. We can be neighbors. <laughs> I didn't get a brewery. You didn't get a brewery. But we have a coffee shop. Um, and it was that was kind of the basis of it. Not having any idea of of how to I'm not a business person. My wife is very business you know, she has her masters in uh, uh in business and like th- that's her world. Um but what I did know and not knowing anything, what I did know is I had enough confidence in us and in myself, like and I'm not trying to sound arrogant. Anything I put my mind to in my life, I've I, I've accomplished. Mm-hmm. So I I know hard work. I know the grind. Like I can take the pressure. I can take the heat. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's the one thing that I could rely on. That you're not going to break me. Like that. That was it. So um, that's what we. I've never failed mm-hmm. at anything in my life that I've attempted to succeed at you know did it did my plan ever end up the way it was not with an injury or that career any injury no but i still live that portion of my life so that's what we i've willed things to work that shouldn't work and just had a plain stubborn grit and uh refusing to quit mm-hmm. so that's what we built it on um and were there long times yes was there was there was there i mean covid was one I mean, we've been tossed so many obstacles uh, in in our five years, but it's we've always come out on top because it's just a failure to quit. Yeah, you know, and that comes back. I told you that football is life. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are like, oh yeah, I, I read the T-shirt. I've learned so much from football that I've carried over into my lifetime. That you know, yeah, I'm not doing two a days and three a days, but I understand the importance of. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to put in the hours and you have to grind and you have to, and you don't have to love to grind, but you got to know how to grind. Mm-hmm. So, and that's literally what, it, that's how this whole thing started. And it's been difficult. It's been uphill a lot, but, um, and you lead from the front. Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. You know, so that's, <laughs> I said, I look really good on paper. I mean, I, I I look really good on paper, and I can say the words. But like I said, when you believe the words, because that's what you—that's the mm-hmm. only tool you have. My toolbox's not big. But, <laughs> that's but you the know, tools are tools are useful in there. <laughs> you know, that's what like the the quotes, and I'm guilty of this too. You you read your books, you you read the quotes, but unless you actually like do something with right. it or do or believe it yourself, instead of just like, okay, yeah, that's a good quote, that's going to motivate doesn't stick or doesn't last that long you know so we obviously we didn't have that much kind of money because you know it's a very expensive property and building in river prairie it was very pricey i didn't have that kind of money so then you go to banks and you get turned down after turned down after turned down because they don't want to go all in on on a risky investment where you have a ex-football player ex-police officer who is trying to get money to never run a business, and it's not a guaranteed, mm-hmm. um, you know. So we got turned down a, a ton, and then you finally, you know, there was we were lucky. It took a lot of breaks, but we allowed ourselves, we put ourselves in a, a position to be lucky. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I wasn't sitting on the couch hoping. We we, we were putting ourselves in a, in a position for us to get lucky. And we did. That reminded me of a quote from uh, week one. Uh, Greg Olson was calling the Packers-Bears game, and, and he said that uh, hope is not a strategy. Not. And I'm like, 
that stuck with me right yeah, there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's not. I mean, I can hope for a million dollars. What am I doing to to put myself in a position to get a million dollars? Yeah, like it involves work, it involves uh, the grind, and it involves putting yourself in positions to get lucky. Mm-hmm. And we did. Absolutely, and, uh, it's been good. Like I said it's it's hard work. It's rewarding work. Um, it's so far out of my element and so far away from what I thought I would be doing in my life. But life happens, and you have to adjust. Yeah, so that's that's it. Awesome. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, big thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Man Cave Podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Don't forget, we're on YouTube now, too. So until next time, I'll talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.